the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property law. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observations, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, as well as the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Again, I find bankruptcy law to be very interesting and intellectually stimulating because it intersects with just about every area of the law. And with about every kind of party, human business, um, and, and they have just about every kind of link or rung to the economic food chain. And that's because it has as its ultimate goal. Yes, the goal is to pay off creditors, but I focused in on the fact that its goal is to help the honest but unfortunate individual dig him or herself or itself out of a financial hole that would otherwise totally disrupt or devastate that individual and his or her family's lives. Now, I also practice some of the related fields in my overall consumer and small business financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference point, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous people. And because I grew up as a military brat and also helped create another one with my former spouse who was also in the military, as such, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically after our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, 
I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And um, as I've shared with you many times before, I had the great fortune to not only know, but had the opportunity to spend a great amount of time with. And I actually became BFFs with both of my grandmothers, both my maternal and my paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived what I described as the four great economic challenges of the last century. That was to say the Great Depression, the privations brought on by being at war in World War II, and the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through and to our society today. And as these women helped raise me and always loved me and shared with me the great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South. Now, just think about that. Post-Reconstruction. Reconstruction was about reconstructing our country after it had fallen into war and separated. There were some good times during Reconstruction, and then post-Reconstruction came back with Jim Crow, and these were these two Black women that managed to survive that. So it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me, along with my dad in spirit, urging me on to do the right thing, that when the situation is right, I am sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and the disabled who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of adult and elder financial abuse, including neglect, which people don't think about. Um, you know, you're you, you a senior person and you're depending on your children, your grandchildren to not only help you take care of your body, but also your assets. And people just sometimes don't even think about that. So those are the kinds of financial elder abuse that's going on today. And it seems to be running rampant in our society today as more more of us focus on other things. (laughs) So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof due to inflation, or again, at least an insufficient amount, again, because of inflation, uh, and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your family or your small businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your more detailed search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues you may need to help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I think you need. I really believe you need if you have a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets and or your debt. So today we'll continue our discussion about the how and why more of us mere mortals should consider learning more about the bankruptcy process and how it can be used to not only preserve wealth, 
for, say, a debtor in his or her or its attempt to shed some or all of its unsecured debt in one or more of the reorganizational types of bankruptcy, such as chapters 11, 12, or 13, or even in a liquidating bankruptcy, chapter 7, if the debtor is able to secure the value of her exemptions in her assets that are going to be sold and use that exemption amount for her fresh start. Those are the normal outcomes of most successful bankruptcies, in quotation marks. But I also want you to realize that bankruptcy can and is used as a wealth creation tool. That is to say, where a third party who may or may not be affiliated or associated with the debtor can and should and usually does uh, consider purchasing a debtor's assets out of the bankruptcy while the debtor is in bankruptcy or purchasing the reorganized debtor's corporate stock if they're a corporation after the debtor has successfully reorganized and exited a chapter 11. These are areas where most black and brown and female Human beings don't realize this is an opportunity to enhance their individual or family's wealth. Again, as I shared with you last week, many of us don't want to learn about bankruptcy because we think it's all doom and gloom. But sometimes a debtor is happy to shed some assets and put a bad relationship with their business behind them or a house that they're not able to uh, maintain properly, get their exemption and move on to the next phase of their life. So if debtors can come to that realization, we in the community, especially those of us who are black and brown and female, we need to consider when we learn about a bankruptcy auction, perhaps we should go and see if we can participate. Because sometimes, and most of the time, the asset that is sold is sold at a substantial discount. Now, I know young people today are having issues with being able to purchase their first home. I would rather have a small family, a new family, um, come in and buy a piece of real property, a home for them to raise their family in, as opposed to having these homes go to these big corporate conglomerates who rent them out to individuals at exorbitant rates. And so that's my dog in this game. You know, I, you know, I would, I hate for my clients to lose, but sometimes they have to lose. But then I hate to see people who don't care about our community purchasing these assets. And so that's why I'm bringing this to you. I mean, again, I know most people don't want to, think about bankruptcy because they think it's the end of a process, but sometimes it's the end of the bad phase of a process and the beginning of a new phase in which uh, the, the debtor, as well as the individual or entity that buys the asset out of bankruptcy, can have a fresh start focused on a positive and constructive, constructive uh, future. So when we come back, We'll continue our discussion and I'll give you some specifics about how the bankruptcy process can be used as a wealth creation tool. But first, let's take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. 
back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on the how and why bankruptcy can and should be used as a wealth building or wealth creation tool, especially for members of communities who have, in my opinion, been intentionally left off or left out of the wealth creation track. I say this because as a bankruptcy practitioner uh, who has been on both sides of an asset sale in bankruptcy, I have never witnessed an asset sale under the applicable provisions of the bankruptcy code where the asset has been sold to a person of color. Now, I'm not saying that that hasn't been the case, um, but I'm telling you, I've been doing this for a long time and I've never seen an asset sold to a person of color. And that's a problem. So my goal today is to have all of us mere mortals of all stripes consider the fact that under the right set of circumstances and only after performing the necessary due diligence, we all should consider learning about asset sales and bankruptcy as an opportunity to legally and ethically buy assets by the assets of entities in bankruptcy, usually at a substantial discount and with the added protection that pursuant to Section 363 of the Bankruptcy Code, thereby giving the acquirer the opportunity to reap appreciation of an asset without fear of being responsible for any of the debtor's pre-existing debt or any of the claims of his or her creditors. Once the product or the service or the house or the business is bought back online. Now, for example, I use the Johnson Publication Company model. Now, those of us in in the Black community know all about, of, of a certain age, I'll put it that way, know all about Johnson Publishing Company. It produced a couple of magazines that were on just about every coffee table uh, of every black home at a certain part, uh, 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 a certain segment, of certain part of our history. Johnson Publication filed for a liquidating Chapter 7 bankruptcy back in 2019. Uh, It was filed in the United States Bankruptcy Court for the Northern District of Illinois in the Eastern Division in Chicago, where Johnson Publication was headquartered. They published Jet Magazine and Ebony Magazine. Okay, and that well, those magazines kept us Black folk um, in tune with what was going on in the rest of the Black world. Okay, on April 9, 2019, that's, it, it was scheduled to have an auction and the auction actually took place on July 22nd, 2019 and include, concluded on July 24th, 2019. So here's the background. The Chicago-based Johnson Publishing Company, which sold its iconic magazine portfolio of Ebony and Jet magazine in 2016, had been trying to sell its archive of photo and other media since 2015, when the collection was appraised at 46 million with an M. 
The auction represented both the end of its publishing legacy and the last best chance to pay off as many of its unsecured creditors who were owed a sum of $17 million. Again, creditors had claims for $17 million. The property, not the magazines, because they had already been sold, but the um, this vast uh, archive of photo and other media. Okay, so it still remained this this archive, the most valuable remaining asset, and was a collection of images and audio and video media that was commissioned by the company, and it really chronicled the African American experience in not only America, but around the world since the end of World War II. Well, not since the end, since the beginning, because Ebony and Jet also chronicled Black soldiers that were overseas fighting for our country as well. So to succinctly recap the legal machinations of the case, as a result of filing for bankruptcy, Johnson Publication back on April 9, 2019, and the filing of a motion for relief from stay by Star Wars legend George Lucas and his very successful financier wife, Melody Hobson, who happened to be black, the Lucas Hobsons, via their holding company, Capital Holdings 5 LLC, on April 22, 2019, they held a lien on the archives worth $13 million. This was a loan that the Lucas Hopkins had made to Johnson Publications to try to help them remain viable. It didn't work. So they filed a motion for relief from stay to see if they could get their their uh, uh, ownership interest in the archives to satisfy their debt. But what the court through the Chapter 7 trustee decided to do was lift the stay, but they stayed the lifting of the stay by a consent order between the Lucas Hopkins and the Chapter 7 trustee who had been appointed by the court, wherein the parties agreed that in lieu of immediately lifting the stay to allow the Lucas Hopkins to go in and grab those assets and sell them, you know, for whatever they could get, the stay would be maintained to allow the auction that we could be completed on an expedited basis. That way, the Lucas Hopkins could participate in the auction and credit bid the $13 million they were owed, meaning that they could bid on the assets for $13.6 million and they didn't have to come up with the money because they already had that investment. So they've started the bid and that opened up the bid to the world, as it were. And do you know what happened? At the conclusion of the auction on July 24, 2019, a consortium of nonprofit art organizations headed by the J. Paul Getty Trust as representative of and on behalf of the J. Paul Getty Trust, the Ford Foundation, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, and the Andrew Mellon Foundation announced that they were the highest bidders and they purchased the asset for $30 million, which was a 17 million dollar discount from its fair market value. And on Thursday, July 25th, 2019, the bankruptcy court in Chicago approved the sale to the consortium. Now that was, this was a win, win, win scenario. It brought in $30 million so it could pay off 
the Lucas uh, uh, Hopkins, and there was still money left over. And these these nonprofit organizations were promised to sell these assets to the Smithsonian Institute so that they would always be available to the public. So this is how selling an asset of a distressed company that was folding anyway at a discount actually enhanced the value to the primary creditors of Lucas Hopkins, who had done uh, had um, made the loan to the company to help it bail out. They got their money returned plus a rate of return, the interest payment. A, a group of nonprofit organizations got these valuable archives and the archives were turned over to the government for all of us and our children to be able to visit the, this archive of, of media for the foreseeable future. So that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Now, this could happen on an individual basis. Uh, sometimes people have to file for bankruptcy. It's unfortunate. But if they have assets that have value to the company to help provide some funding for the debtor to start their fresh start or to just walk away from assets that they cannot handle anymore. What is wrong with individuals buying property, uh, houses, real properties, cars, automobiles, and being able to utilize? It's like recycling valuable assets in our community. So that's the thrust here. So um, I'll, I'll close by saying that is with this level of commitment to arts and culture that was led by persons of color and women with high pedigrees, I'm optimistic that the Johnson Publication Archives will be protected and preserved for our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren. Also, uh, you know, as I told you, the Wall Street Journal and uh, reported that uh the, the assets were going to be turned over to the Smithsonian Institute for all of us to be able to check out. I also hope that this process can be used as a teachable moment for the general public on just how the bankruptcy code, along with bankruptcy courts and their rules and procedures, can be used by officers of the bankruptcy court, people like me, and other people and entities of goodwill to help bridge the gulf between the American judicial system and the African-American community and those assets in our community that we all grew up with and love to this day. As a bankruptcy practitioner, I consider myself to be a lady knight in shining armor, ready with the shield and the sword to protect or vindicate my client's interests. I use my shield as a way to protect my client's interests in their assets of the bankruptcy estate. And I use my sword to vanquish those who would tend to want to harm my client before she is ready to file or sometimes, you know, as a linchpin to get my client uh, got her in trouble in the first place. But I sometimes am able to use the weapons aside, uh, you know, and be a consigliore or a Sherpa there to represent and guide my clients who are looking to acquire assets at a good price and enhance their wealth and that of their children and grandchildren. And that gives me a great amount of joy. 
So we're going to leave that there for now. But always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including using the United States Constitution, the bankruptcy code and bankruptcy courts to enhance our financial viability where possible. Till next time. Bye for now. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.